Hey, welcome to that badass podcast. I'm Kaylee, your realistic nutritionist, helping you find the balance between green smoothies and red wine. And I'm Ashley, the creator of Royally Fit, that went from obsessive exercising and calorie counting to living a free, unrestrictive, and badass life. We are here to build a tribe of babe-supporting babes so you can thrive in your fitness, health, and mental wealth. So if you like to keep it real, raw, and controversial, welcome. Let's get started. Boom! Nailed that shit! (laughs) After like 18 (laughs) tries. Boom. All right. All right, everyone, welcome back to That Badass Podcast. We are hanging out today with Una Duncan. She is the creator of Fit Feels Good, which is a feel-good movement. She offers 28-day transformations. She has a retreat in Tulum, which she's going to be doing again in 2020, as well as she is the author of her new book, Healthy As Fuck. And today, we're going to be talking about why women fail at fitness and health specifically around their fitness and health goals. So welcome, Una, to the podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Mm-hmm. Before we get started, I just have to say I'm obsessed with the title of your book, Healthy as Fuck. Everyone that listens to us knows that we drop our fair share of F-bombs. It's just straight to the point. That's like, a, I just, I love it. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know you have the asterisks like on like the actual title of the book. Was that by choice or was that recommended um, by the by the person that published it? The publishers. Yeah. You know, what's so funny. The publishers were huge and they loved the swearing, but then we had to navigate around it. So they, they put the asterisks there. That wasn't my choice, but apparently Asterix does have to be there for certain retailers. So for example, I'm super thrilled it's going to be in Costco, but in order for it to be in Costco, yeah, sweet. It has to have the Asterix. Um, Also for Walmart has to have the Asterix. And here's the tricky part we're dealing with now is what do I say on mainstream media? Because I'm going to be on all these morning shows. And so far it's been, we are staying healthy as F, which I don't know if people are going to know what we're talking about. Maybe how about healthy AF? Healthy AF, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, it's so funny. It's such a generational thing too. Because when I first told the title to my mother, who's not super square or anything, but she didn't get it at all. She said, healthy as intercourse? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, I know. Healthy as fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Oh yeah. my God. That's funny. Okay. So we're going to get a little bit into your story, but before we do that, we want our listeners to get to know you a little bit more on a personal level. So we're going to run you through some rapid fire questions if that's cool. I'm ready. All right. It's, it's not a pass or fail. So don't worry. Just have fun with it. Um, First question is coffee or tea. Oh, immediately I say coffee, but I've been off for one week now. So in my soul, I am a coffee drinker still. Okay. Awesome. And how do you take it? Uh, black. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so what show are you currently binging right now? Ooh, uh, orange is the new black. Nice. I need to do the new season. I haven't done that yet. Uh, what's the most recent book that you've read? Um, right now I'm reading Pachinko, which is about, uh, Korean Japanese relationships. Oh, interesting. Fascinating. Yeah. I love reading fiction, historical fiction that has nothing to do with anything else in my life as the ultimate escape right before I go to bed. It takes me out of my brain. Yeah. Oh, I love it. That's actually really brilliant. Um, okay. Next one is, do you have a favorite quote? Oh, one that I use all the time is an Aristotle quote, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. Damn. That's probably the best answer we've had and it's been so on point. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I I can only say that off the top of my head because I quote it in every webinar that I do, every speaking engagement. That is my jam. Aristotle and me, we know what's going on. Right, right. 
Uh, Let's go into food. What is your ultimate favorite food? Oh, man. Ultimate favorite food. Uh, Guys, I'm going to say something lame like salad. I have this specific salad from the uh, place down the street, this like vegan restaurant that's got like all the tofu and the olives. Anyway, I honestly, that is my favorite thing. On my birthday, that's what I want. (laughs) Wow. You live in Toronto, right? Yeah. Where, what restaurant is it? Oh, it's called Bloomers. I'm near Bloor and Christie. Okay. Very right, cool. Well, actually, my husband just interrupted me and said, bullshit, almond butter. <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Can you eat it by the spoon? Pretty well, much, yeah. Okay, one more rapid fire, which is what is your favorite workout style or move? Oh, 100% favorite workout is always going to be dancing. Yay! And I love dancing because I think the ultimate point of all of this shit, guys, is to make yourself feel good and happy. And I talk about this in my book all the time, that you don't want to lose weight. You want the feeling you think you're going to have once you lose weight. And that feeling is happiness. And you've got to start practicing that feeling right now at exactly the weight you're at. And for me, the quickest way to access the feeling of happiness, of joy, of energy, of feeling sexy, of confidence is 90s jams and me dancing to them. (laughs) I love that. I'm obsessed with that answer. Yeah, that's really good. It's it, it. between it's probably dancing and sex for me i would say they're both pretty equal but yeah yeah, i feel good i love that answer incredible okay so before we get into like what your belief system is around why women fail at their fitness and health goals tell us a little bit about your story and why you even started this whole book journey with your book healthy as fuck so this is the thing it's a little embarrassing because basically one of my beautiful clients busted me on my bullshit. And I have a a chapter of my book that's called break up with your bullshit. And I basically was spewing some bullshit. My client caught me on it. So I was out for dinner with some of my clients and one of my clients who I admire so much, she's so amazing. She mentioned she was writing a book and you know, when someone says something that you want to do so badly, you get that like, Oh, that, that envy, you know, that's completely unreasonable. And so I had that and I was like, Oh man, I, I, I want to write a book too. I just, you know, I don't have time. And she looked at me and she shrugged and she said, I don't have time either. And it just was just the moment that I had the mirror put in front of me and thought, right, that's my bullshit. And it's the bullshit that I hear from my clients all the time. I hear about how they don't have time for workouts. And I realized, and I know her personally, I know she is a rabbi and a doula and a professor and has two kids. And I just thought, oh my gosh, I can't legitimately say to her, I don't have time to write a book. That's ridiculous. So it was the first time that I saw my own bullshit about not having time. We all have the exact same amount of time. We just prioritize it differently. So when she called me on that, um, I thought, right, okay, I'm fucking doing it. I'm writing the book. And so she said, let's do it. Let's meet for, you know, meet in some weird ass co-working spaces and we'll write our books together and we'll hold each other accountable. And it's amazing. You know how you always get the, um, I don't know how woo-woo you guys are, but you know how they say, thank you for being woo with me. So, um, you know how they say that once you make a decision, the universe will meet you and things will start to flow. I have to say that happened for me. As soon as I was like, that's it, I'm writing a book. Then, you know, things started to happen. Someone on my list heard that I was writing a book and emailed me because, you know, I've been blogging for years and said, Hey, I don't know if you're going to self-publish or go with a traditional publisher, um, but if you do decide to go with the traditional publisher, here's how you'd write a proposal and we would like to see one. 
Wow. Right. And it was like, you know, it was just amazing because it was a, you know, it's a really small publisher. I didn't end up going with them, but it gave me that little like nudge, like a little butt kick from the universe being like, do this shit, write that proposal. Um, so I did. And then, you know, one thing led to another and there was just a snowball effect and it ended up really exploding. And it was because of that one moment where I saw my client, who I'm always saying, yes, you've got the time for the workouts. You can do this. Who called me on my shit and yeah. said, yes, you do. Have the time to write that book. You better get on it. Amazing. And then as soon as I did it, it, um, yeah, it all started happening. So how long had, like, how long was it kind of a goal of yours before it actually started happening? Forever, dude. Like yeah. when I was, you know, 12 years old reading VC Andrews Flowers in the Attic, I was like, I will write one day. You know, like I, you know, writing bad poetry in grade seven. And oh, yeah. I was, and it was a, I was actually a playwright before I was, um, I was an actor, then I was a playwright. And when I first started in fitness, I was doing it to support my playwriting habit. I was a documentary playwright. Oh, wow. It's funny because I know Ashley and I could literally talk to you about just the process of writing a book, the whole podcast, because that's a goal for both of us that we sure. both, I really want to have like my own cookbook one day. She wants to write a book. So like, part of me is like, oh my God, I just want to talk about this, but we can do that after the podcast. Yeah. So oh, do it. We can do it because I've got, I'm so in the book world now. I've got a million like hacks and stuff. I'll love yeah. to talk to you about that. Amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So First, before we move into, once again, our topic, why the title Healthy as Fuck? Oh, <laughs> you know what? Um, there was a couple of reasons. A lot of people are asking me, like, why so much? You know, swearing books are quite popular now. The uh, subtle art of not giving a fuck and stuff like that. I will say mine is the most sweary. And um, my mom, I dedicated this to my parents who were so sweet and they were so supportive about it, but they were a bit like, ooh, Nanora, this is a lot of swearing. You know, when you're in trouble and you, they lose your middle name. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of swearing. But the reason that I did want to do that is because A, maybe like yourselves, I do swear a lot. When I'm talking to my friends and I'm getting down into the nitty gritty, those are the words that come out. So I really wanted it to seem like this is your best friend and you've had a couple of glasses of wine and you're really getting into the shit. That is the tone that I wanted. I don't want it, I didn't want anything sanctimonious. I didn't want anything preachy. I didn't want anything clinical. Cause I think there's so much health and wellness books that are like, you know, um, I'm perfect. And if you do what I tell you to do, then you will someday look like me and you will be perfect like me. I didn't want any of that shit. And I didn't want anything like I am the exalted doctor and I know what's best for you. So you better listen. I didn't want any of that shit either. So that's one reason I really wanted the tone to be colloquial and slangy. Secondly, I wanted it to be disruptive. I really think that this industry is a bit fucked and I wanted to wake people up and I wanted it to be disruptive and a little bit rude. Oh my God. I feel like we're like connected souls or something. I know. As you were saying that, I was thinking when we first started doing the podcast, I remember some of my mom's feedback was like super supportive, but it was like, I don't know that you should swear so much because it could offend some people. And a lot of the listeners are moms and they might have kids in the car. And I said, I'm like, I so appreciate your feedback. But if I was to spend the whole podcast trying not to swear, I wouldn't be able to be in the moment. I'm like, I swear as a person, I say fuck a lot. Yeah. So I'm trying to not say it. I'm not present in that conversation. I'm going to be like, oh my God, I almost just swore. And it would just completely distract me. So I'm like, I'd rather just say fuck. And then yeah. if somebody's offended, like, I'm sorry, then maybe we're just not the people for you. Well, and that's it exactly. It's kind of a perfect filter for who my message is going to land with most. If the word fuck is making you clutch your pearls, then you're really not going to like the part where I talk about boners. 
<laughs> so let's do this all actually, I just got so excited when you said that. I actually have up on my uh, my word box where you want to call it right now is lady boner like I, just, <laughs> I love the word boner like, awesome awesome yeah. and you know what it's great like I get people who who find their way onto my email list and I've had people email me saying you know I really like your stuff but you know I, I then I found out you had a nose ring and I'm out and I'm like okay then you gotta go because if you can't handle a nose ring then this was going to be a short relationship anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, you sound like you know exactly who you are and what you want. So it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. I love that. Wow. Okay. So let's get into it. So why women fail at their fitness and health goals? Like we have kind of like three pillars that we want to run through because I'm sure you have so much, so much experience, so many years of experience, but we kind of want to break it down into three different ways. And so I was doing a little bit more research on you and, uh, one, one pillar is choice. The other one is mindset. And then the other one is habit. So let's start with choice and kind of like what that means to you when it comes to women um, failing at their health and fitness goals. Okay. So here's the deal is I feel there, everybody has their effort to results ratio, right? I'm trying to find, I've got a graph here that I, oh, it's a podcast. You can't see a graph. Basically, here's the deal. (laughs) Sorry about that. Okay. So when you put in a certain amount of effort, there is going to be, depending on your genetics and your habits, that is what your body, if you look down at your body right now, it is a result of A, your genetics, which there's nothing you can do about it, but there, it's also a result of your habits. Now, you can consciously choose your habits. And that's what I'm saying, that people don't consciously choose their habits. 45, about 40 to 45% of our lives are habitual. And that's great. That's our mind taking things that we do on routine and then putting those on automation so that we don't have to think about these things all the time. Because if we had to use our brain power to think about things like brushing our teeth or how to you know, put on our seatbelt in the car, we would not have no other brain power to do other things in our life. So that's great that we put these things on automatic. However, because they're on automatic, we are not aware of most of these things. So 45% of our lives, we are doing unconsciously. And I think that women need to get conscious about those things and consciously choose their habits that are in alignment with their goals. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that I think that people have this idea of the desirable body that they want or whatever, okay? They also have an idea of the desired amount of Fs that they want to put into having a bang and body. And the problem is for most people, these two things are not in alignment. So what I tell people is you either have to choose the amount of Fs, the amount of like the amount of fucks and the amount of effort that you want to put into your healthy living. So do you want to cut out all alcohol? Do you want to make sure that you always get seven hours of sleep a night, that you have vegetables at every meal, blah, 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 or not. And if not, then you just have to make peace with the body that is in alignment with the amount of Fs that you want to give. Yeah. You got to choose either the effort that feels right for you. Or you choose the body that you want, and then you get really fucking happy about the effort that it takes to maintain that body. Mm-hmm. The choice is yours. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is, is that people have this idea of the, the body they want, and they don't make their peace with the effort that's required. Or they decide on the effort, and they're unhappy with the body that is the result. So mm-hmm. I'm saying you choose one of those, and your job, your one and only job is to get happy with the result of that. Yeah. With the balance of that, whatever that balance looks like for you. Yeah, exactly. That. Well, exactly. Being, being perfectly honest, like I'm definitely not willing to give up alcohol. <laughs> I know, right. Absolutely not. Am I giving up red wine? We're coming into fall. 
it's red wine season. But yeah, each person has to have the things that they're willing to do. Well, that's the thing. So for example, like I am a, a fitness personality and yet I have a bit of a tummy. And so this is, the, so I know that supposedly stereotypically my job is to show up on Instagram with ripped abs and five kids and a shiny ponytail and a whatever. However, what I choose, if I chose a ripped abs, I know that that would make my life less happy. That would mean no booze. That would mean no ever nothing sweet. And I don't choose that. So instead, when I look down at my belly, I get to think, I chose this belly. I consciously chose it. If people don't like it, they can fuck off. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so the reason that women fail to begin is with their choice and not like kind of like weighing out those choices on both sides of the spectrum. I think people are not consciously choosing their habits yeah. And they're not choosing where they want to be on their own efforts. So I think that pe what most women are doing is they're stepping on the scale. They're berating themselves for not being at some point that they think that they're at, that they should be at, but they're not willing to make the choice to put the effort there. So I think that people are not cho consciously choosing their effort mm -hmm. and not consciously choosing the body that is a result of the effort that makes them happiest. Yep. I, I am it. resonating so much with everything that you're saying. It's I've talked about this a lot in the podcast in the last bit. Like over the last six months, I've really come to terms with exactly what you're saying about the stomach. Yeah. And just, like, you know what? Like, I'm happier when I get to have date night with my boyfriend where we go and get pizza and have my wine. I'm happier when I just get to take some of that pressure off or maybe I don't go to the gym six days a week. Four mm. days a week is plenty. Yeah. And so like I've had to let go of that. Like if I want to have those abs, I have to sacrifice a lot of other things that I don't want to sacrifice. Right. Yeah, I work out a lot. Yes. I have my green smoothies. Yes. I do a lot of things that are great for me, for me totally. but my mental health is my top priority. Yeah. And that big bowl of pasta makes me happy. Eating yeah. a salad every single day doesn't. So I had to find that balance of what worked for me. So I love that. And you've chosen that consciously. Yes. Rather than being like, oh, why did I eat the pizza again? I'm so mad at myself. No, you're like, I chose to eat the pizza and I chose to have exactly the body that goes with a weekly night of pizza, but mostly green smoothies. So yes. now my only job is to be so happy with this body. Yep. And it's yeah. great. I just think that most women are not choosing that consciously. They're... Um, sort of flailing around thinking that they should be trying harder than they really want to. Yeah. yeah. Oh and then God, they always feel like they're failing every single time. Yeah. I love, it's so simple the way you explain it, but that's not how our brains automatically work. But when you actually step back and get clear on it, it's like, well, duh, this just makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love it's it. It's so hard. I mean, it's going against so much cultural conditioning. Yes. Because yeah. it is an, it's an, just an assumption that anyone who's not already real thin is trying to lose weight. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that if you're like, no, actually, like I'm pretty good with this. Yeah. And no, I, I intentionally chose pizza and I'm intentionally loving the body that goes with it. I think that is a radical act yeah. of choice. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Gives me shivers. Uh, okay. So let's go into the next, the next part of that. So say there's a woman and she's like, you know what? I am going to start consciously choosing what I'm doing but I'm still not finding the motivation and the discipline to get said done. So you have these Jedi mindset tricks that helps to eliminate the need for the motivation and the discipline. So what does that look like for you? Oh my gosh. Well, this is the thing, right? So everyone is like, um, they try the discipline. They're like, okay, you know, when it's a choice between an apple and a piece of cake, I'm going to go for the apple. I'm going to discipline myself or motivation. And they'll like go to Pinterest and pin the butt that they want or whatever. Or they'll like, you know, keep watching the videos of the people being like, you can do it. 
or they go for, um, you know, sheer discipline, motivation, or willpower. Like, you know, they stand in front of the mirror and then they like beat themselves up and say, that's bullshit. You're going to do whatever. All of that takes an incredible amount of energetic resources. So if you were trying to discipline, motivate, and willpower yourself into behaving properly, you've got enough uh, energetic resources for that only if like that is your full-time freaking job. Because if anything else happens in your life, you've got a big project at work, your kid gets sick, you're traveling, anything, you've got nothing left to give for that, for all that motivation, discipline, and willpower. So the other thing that I think that people don't understand is that is not the way success happens. You know, we love this idea of going on a strict diet or a boot camp or something like that, losing a bunch of extra weight, and then just kind of like, you know, wiping our hands on our jeans and being done with that project and then maintaining it for the rest of our lives. But that is just not how it works. That's a great fantasy, but it's a dumb plan. That is about as statistically realistic as your financial plan being to win the lottery and then live off the interest for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So... What is much more realistic is both in finances and in habits is small changes to your everyday behaviors. And in fact, that is, there is um, the National Weight Loss Registry is, this is so interesting. So I'm going to like science geek out with you for a second. Often when they are studying, studying weight loss, what they'll do is they'll take a big group of people, they'll split them in two. One group will go on a low carb diet. One group will go on a low fat diet, whatever. And then they study and they see who does better over the long run. And all of these studies have concluded that no one does well in the long run. Less than 1% of people will end up keeping the weight off over the long run. It doesn't matter what their strategy is. It really doesn't. So so all of science is like, well, I don't know, how do we get people to do that? No one's got any willpower. But then what they did was they said, okay, but wait a second, there is that 1% who is keeping the weight off. What are they doing? So they interviewed that 1% to find out what are you guys doing? And the one answer was we just did small changes to our everyday behaviors. So it's like the compound interest effect, if you're going to make the uh, analogy again with the finances, you know, when you make small changes to your everyday behaviors, if you save a little bit every day, it seems like nothing's happening at first, but then you get that compound interest where you get interest on the interest. And then all of a sudden your results are fantastic. And that is habits versus discipline, motivation, and willpower, because that is how success works. We have this external view that someone lost a whole bunch of weight and we're like, oh my God, what'd you do? But really it's because they started changing their behaviors a long time ago. And this is the cumulative effect of that. This is exactly what we preach. A hundred percent. You couldn't be more in alignment with us. And that's like the amount of times that people come up to me, like at the gym or whatever, like, oh, you must do keto or what do you do? What diet are you on? And I'm like, or how many calories do you eat in a day? I don't know. Oh, then you macro count. No. Well, how do you then continue to be successful? I'm like, exactly that small changes I made over time, starting my morning with hot water and lemon. I like to do intermittent fasting, like balancing things out. I'm like, it's about nourishing and listening to my body. Not about like, how much can I deprive myself in one week to see how much weight I lost? Yeah. Cause it won't work. It, it won't, won't work. work. It doesn't work. Yeah. The amount of people that like I've met too, that are, I'm going to go back on the keto diet. I had so much success last time. I lost 30 pounds. Yeah. Yes. But I put it all back on. Well, yeah. then you didn't have success. Yeah. You struggled, you punished yourself and you had to come out of it because you couldn't maintain that. Why are you going to go struggle and do that again? 
Yes, please, please don't do that again. Yeah, that's just, this is the cycle that is making people so unhappy. Yeah. And fatter. And sick, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so what are some of your habits? So you have what you call the seven habits of highly healthy motherfuckers, which I love. (laughs) So what are some of those habits? Uh, You don't have to share all of them if you don't want, like we want to kind of like tease people. So they want to read your book. Sure. Sure. Well, I'll talk about one that is a little bit controversial. So one of the seven habits of highly healthy motherfuckers is meditation and chilling the fuck out. Now, whenever I tell my clients this month, we're going to be focusing on meditation because most of the time I'm like, let's focus on the green smoothies and the burpees and whatever. And then when I tell them meditation, they're a bit like, what? And they say things like, listen, dude, I hired you for abs, not enlightenment. And the thought of sitting there doing nothing for 20 minutes makes me even more stressed. So seriously, why do I have to do this? And that is completely understandable. But here's why. There's a story actually that I tell in the book and I tell the story all the time because when I was first told it, it hit me really hard. So I freaking hate yoga and I would, and I am not a natural meditator. I'm naturally someone who loves like dance mix aerobics played at full speed. Like that's my jam. But I kept forcing myself. I've taken um, a few yoga certifications because I believe in it. And I'm like, if I keep, if I go really deep, I know I'll really like it. So I was at my first yoga certification and my, my teacher told the story about um, teaching a class. And there was this woman who was in the front row center. You know, those front row center people mm-hmm. who are like intense about their fitness classes. So she's there and the class is starting a little bit slower than usual. You know, a lot of head rolling and a lot of connecting to the breath and whatever. And this woman is wigging out. She's like hopping and looking around. And finally the instructor was like, is everything okay? And she said, yeah, no, I got to burn 500 calories every day. So can we get on with it? Wow. And the instructor said, well, maybe if you sit still long enough, you'll figure out why you eat 500 calories too much every day. So I remember when that story hit me, it really hit me so hard because I was exactly like that woman in the front row, just so resistant to drop my hustle and just sit and figure myself out. Oh, that's a hundred percent who I was. Like, I I remember going to like a yoga flow class and I'm just like, I, this is not a workout. I am not drenched. I am not so exhausted that I can, and I just felt like, well, that was a waste of my time. That's how I used to think about that stuff. Yeah, sure. For sure. And it's just like, if I could go back and like slap that version, we'd be like, no, you needed it. You were like, I was very wound up, wound up is the word. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm so glad I learned that lesson. Well, that, and like, and like you said, like sometimes people that are most resistant to meditation are the ones that need it the most. Right. And like, I get it. I don't like sitting there necessarily. Like you seem super high energy. Kelly and I are super high energy. Like we, we jive off going. Right. But sometimes you, that means you also need moments of peace. And like, although it's hard for us to sit there, it's like that meditation is so important to rejuvenate and like refuel. Really? Absolutely. absolutely. And the thing is that, you know, most of the work of weight loss is in your brain and getting to know yourself. Uh For example, you know, I talk to clients about the habit loop and we can talk about that in a second, but the primary important part is that if anything is a habit in your life, it's because you are getting some kind of reward from that behavior. Of course. And so, you know, when you sit down at night and you have a glass of wine or when you eat cake, when you're stressed, it's, it's helping you somehow. So I have my clients, I'm like, what is the, why, if you keep binging on peanut butter, how is that helping you? What is the reward? And often they don't know. 
because they are so busy hustling and keeping going. And I'm like, you know, you have to sit and you have to figure this out. No one can figure out this for you. This is work you need to do. Yeah. And that's why it's not enough for some trainer to be like, try eating celery instead of a cookie. If celery is not fulfilling the need that you are going to that cookie for, yeah. as soon as your discipline, motivation, willpower run out, you're fucked. Yeah. You need to figure yourself out yes. or you are just going to keep repeating the same patterns over and over again. And that's why I'm like, no, you need to meditate. I'm sorry. It's way more important than burpees. Absolutely. Absolutely. We actually, we, ha- we have a course, it's called six week badass transformation, but basically it's about breaking up with dieting nice. and we pull people in under the guise that like, they're going to be transforming their nutrition, but really we're actually transforming their brain and we're transforming yeah. their habits and their beliefs around food and their conditioning that happened as a child when it came to food and their self-esteem and everything. And it's like, all the work is done up here totally, and it's not done in nutrition. It's just that it ends up affecting how they choose their food. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You guys get it. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's really good. You, there's one saying that I saw on your website. I love, and it's, it says your mental bullshit is so seductive because it lets you relax into the familiar kind of like sleeping with your ex. <laughs> so this, this is like your mentally bargaining, um, of getting out of exercise or eating or whatever you're talking about. So that's exactly what you're just saying. Like your mental loop is like your mental bullshit and it's so seductive because it feels good and it's familiar. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So yeah, in my book, I talk about, you know, when you're lying in bed and you know, you should get up and then all these awesome excuses start going, well, you know, I had a really good workout yesterday, so I deserve a day off. Or, you know, I had a salad yesterday, so I don't have to work off any food or blah, blah, blah. like you start thinking on these things and they're so tempting. And I say, they're kind of like when you get a text from your ex, it's like, Hey, can I come over? And you're like, Ooh, that sounds like a great idea. But the thing, and the reason it's such a great idea is because it does, it lets you relax into your comfort zone. It lets you postpone the discomfort that comes when you were pushing yourself to grow. That sucks. It's hard. Mm-hmm. And sleeping with your ex or listening to your bullshit about why it would be really okay if you skipped this workout. That's, that's, it's the same thing. It's soothing yourself with the familiar. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I have another question. So we kind of talked about the habits. I want to go back to the mindset tricks. What's one of your mindset tricks when it comes to like motivation and discipline? Well, I don't use motivation and discipline. There is no motivation and discipline. There's just repeating habits. And so what my Jedi mindset trick is really getting to know yourself enough to know what are your triggers? What is the behavior? What are the keystone habits that for you are going to set off a ripple effect throughout your day? So it's really focusing on the 80-20 rule. So what is the 20% effort that's going to give you 80% of the results? And then once you figure that out, you can consciously design a habit loop. But like I said, you've got to get to know yourself. So my Jedi mindset tricks are things like meditation, which also helps you observe your bullshit instead of believing it all the time, right? So that's really, when I'm talking about Jedi mindset, there is no discipline, motivation, and willpower. Okay. You just do it because it is your habit to do it. And when it is your habit, it's like that quote, you know, I said, I have at the tip of my tongue. You, we are what we repeatedly do. When we repeatedly do something, it becomes your identity. Mm-hmm. And that is what differentiates someone who is on a diet, that person who is doing the keto over and over again, mm-hmm. right? That is a diet. Yeah. It's not her identity. Mm-hmm. When it is your identity, then there's no negotiation ever. When's the last time you heard a vegan say, well, you know, things are crazy at work right now, so I'm just going to eat meat until it dies down. They don't say that. 
because it is part of who they are. If you hear someone say, I go for runs sometimes versus I am a runner, that someone who says I am a runner is going to find a way to run when they are on vacation. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come up with an excuse. Mm-hmm. So when you do something on repeat, when it is your habit, and I teach people how to create a habit, then it becomes your identity. And that's when it will never feel like a diet, when it will feel like a non-negotiable and it feels easy because we don't have the extra brain space to constantly being trying to do this discipline, motivation, willpower. That is what it occupies too much. We've got shit to do guys. We've got a gender wage gap. We've got whales to save. Like we can't be thinking about all this shit all the time. Yeah. I love that you say that because that's how I feel about fitness. When people will say to me like, how do you get the motivation to go to the gym all the time? I'm like, because, and every now and then, if I go on vacation, I'll take the week off or whatever. But I'm like, because I feel so much better when I move at first. Yeah. When I got into fitness, it was, it was only for my body and for superficial reasons. But when I started to feel like my mindset changed, when I started to feel strong, when I realized that when I wasn't working and I was grumpy, my body was achy. I wasn't as creative. I was lethargic. It's like, I literally like today, there's a part of me that was like, didn't fully feel like going to the gym, but I'm like, Oh, we have a bunch of podcasts to do. And if I want to be the best version of me, I go get that energy out, let my brain do its thing. And I know I'm going to show up better. So it wasn't even like an option for me. It was like, yeah, I'm going to go sweat so that I can rock this podcast today. Exactly. And the same thing with like the thing that we get a lot, as I'm sure you get as a fitness professional and, and personality is like, what, how do you stay so motivated? I'm like, literally I'm, I'm not motivated sometimes. It's just a non-negotiable for me. It is my habit. It's my lifestyle. Like, I don't wake up like, woo, let's go work out. Let's go crush this. Like, sometimes I'm like, oh shit, I just got to get through the first five minutes, right? Yes, yes. It's a non-negotiable habit at this point. So I love that you pointed that out because it's a muscle that you just need to keep flexing to make it habitual, right? It's not something that like, it's not like I'm more, I have more willpower than Jane down the street that doesn't work out. It's just that it's a habit for me. Yeah. And that's that's right. With eating. Once and it you will feel the benefits of eating clean and having your digestive system working optimally and the brain fog lifting. You don't want to go back to eating that cheeseburger every day. It's that's not right. appealing. Yeah. But here's the, so one thing I will say is that people who are just beginning, they don't feel that they are yes. like, I want that freaking cheeseburger and working out gives me no satisfaction. It makes me feel clumsy and awkward and it's psychological hell and physical misery, or at least it was for me. I was a late yeah. bloomer in the fitness department and I really genuinely genuinely hated exercise until you made it a habit, right? Until I made it a habit. So in order to get to the point, I had to create a false reward because I didn't have the natural endorphins or anything like that. So here's what I did in order to start. I bargained with myself that I could watch whatever mind rotting crap on TV. I wanted to, as long as I was on the treadmill walking, whatever. So I caught every paternity test on Maury Povich, all like all of it, every Jerry Springer fight. I was right there for it. I watched like Grease 2. I was in all of it. And I, I felt so naughty because it's not the kind of stuff I would ever let myself ever consume. But as long as I was on the treadmill, that was my reward. So I started building in the reward system. Yes. Yeah. I love that. We just actually emailed our girls this week about like finding that small reward. And I actually even recommended like a, a little bit of chocolate. And I'm like, it's like, it, even for, cause for me, like I, and it's not like the punishment type, like reward thing. It's more of like, I just look forward to it. 
right? And it's like training your body of that, like Pavlov's dog. It's like yes. a, it's a reward system and you need that at the beginning or a check mark on the calendar. Yep. Check yep. mark. Oh, I did it. And like, that's, there's like a chemical release that happens in your brain. You're like, oh, rewarding, accomplished. Well, and that's why each week we give different goals to the girls on RF online. Sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's mental. Sometimes it's like, we, what recipe we want you to try this recipe. But when we do the physical challenges, it's like, okay, we want you to do five push-ups today. Tomorrow, do 10. The next day, do 15. By the time they're done that week, they're like, oh my God, I never thought I'd be able to do all those push-ups. And they're so proud of themselves that they're like, I don't want to go back to not being able to do those push-ups. Yes. I want to continue to feel strong. So it's like, once you actually see a little change in your fitness, like, That's yeah, rewarding. yeah, like maybe you it can only rewarding. do one push-up week one, but maybe yep. week four, you can do five. Yeah. And that's empowering as hell. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. I love it. I, I love your vibe. Una, I'm wondering how the hell do you stay so energized? What's your hack with after letting go of coffee? Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, oh man. I mean, I movement. Like I said, I do, I dance throughout my day. I am on, oh, you guys can't see. I'm on a treadmill desk right now. So I, well, I'm on Facebook or answering emails or doing anything that doesn't take a lot of brain power. I'm doing like a slow walk. I have a a little trampoline in my office and I bounce, um, you know, and music. Like I listen to music that pumps me up. And I just, um, it's a standard that I've held for myself. You know, before when we have meetings, I'm like, I have to get myself in a good state because I know that this meeting is going to go better if I do. I try not to even answer an email without being in a good state. Because I've seen emails that I've written where I'm in a bad state and the best version of me does not agree with that email. So I really, this is a practice. And I think that managing that, you know, I think that there's sort of a hierarchy of needs. Now I feel so, I mean, so privileged. I never would have thought this would be the case for me because I struggled with this for a long time. I literally don't worry about my physical fitness or how I look physically or anything like that anymore. But now what I'm most interested in is my emotional fitness, exactly like you were saying. And so now for me, training myself to live at a certain level of happiness is what's interesting me most. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. So you have so much good information and you have offered to give all of our listeners, uh, they can download the first chapter of your book, which is incredible, healthy as fuck. But if they want to read the whole book, how, like, where do they find it? Anywhere. It's all over Amazon, blah, blah, blah. So if you go to my site, which is fitfeelsgood.com, and if you go to fitfeelsgood.com slash chapter, then you can get the free chapter. We'll, we'll, we'll to- put that in the show notes too. If anybody's Great, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we can put that in the show notes. But like, yeah, but they want the full book, can they get and it the off full book, if you go, Yeah, if you go to fitfeelsgood.com slash healthy AF, then I've got links direct to all the Amazon and the Indigo and the you know indie booksellers. I have a special prize if you buy from an indie because my brother was an indie bookseller that went under with Amazon. But so I've got a special soft spot in my heart for indie booksellers. Um, so it, I mean, yeah, buy it anywhere. And if you do buy it in advance, then I'm giving like three hundred dollars worth of free digital stuff. There's like three workouts, video workouts, full length video workouts. I give you my meal prep system. I really just want you guys to be so successful with stuff. And I'm just like throwing tools at you. So if you pre-order my book, which helps me as well, I'm going to be totally honest about that. It helps me get more attention and on bestseller lists if there's a lot of pre-orders. And if you do, I will thank you. And I will give you so many, uh, you know, amazing bonuses. So please. Awesome. And when do they have to pre-order by? So it comes out, let me think. I think the pre-order cutoff is like the 16th. 
of September? Of September. Oh shit, we better get this out. Yeah. <laughs> we better get this podcast out. <laughs> it was actually supposed to come out on the 16th. Okay. Well, uh, I you know, maybe I'll yeah, I'm not I'm not sure my team is sort of in charge of when that actually comes yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Well, they have today. They have today. today please, <laughs> please buy the book today. You will not regret it. If you want a little sneak peek, go get the free chapter. But really the book, we will love it. It's it's very funny and it's um it will help you. It honestly I'm dying will to read this book. Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah, you see uh, thanks guys. Heart jam. And then how do they find you on social media? Where's the best place to connect with you? Sure. Um, on Instagram, it's under my name, Una Duncan. Yep. And uh, on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com slash FFG for Fit Feels Good, Can Fit Pro. Awesome. And um, I would love to connect with your people. Amazing. We've got some good people. And I feel like our our peeps are going to really jive with you a lot. I like oh. that. No bullshit, but you're so compassionate. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, there's no excuses, but there's no rules at the same time. <laughs> and there's, yeah, you. I think you're, you do a great job of empowering women. Yeah. Thank you. That's an amazing compliment. Thank you. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast. We like to finish off with one question and that is what makes you feel badass? Oh, what makes me feel badass? Oh man. I was going to go like, Writing a book. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh, dancing, working out, um, connecting to all the gratitude. You know, I just did an exercise the other day where we had to write down all the things that are currently in our lives that at one point seemed impossible. And guys, if you do this exercise, it is pretty freaking incredible. Think about it, your house, your relationship, like anything in your life that at one point seemed impossible. There is shit that you have made happen. And when I looked at that list, I felt pretty freaking badass. I bet. I bet. That's amazing. Good answer. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And we wish you the most success in the launch of your book. And yeah, you have a really good energy. I'm sure you're going to have an impact on a lot of, a lot of women that need to hear your stuff. So thank thank you you so much for sharing all that with our listeners. And uh, we hope to have you back and we hope to, yeah, just to stay connected via social media. And, and I think in real life, we should make something happen too. I would love that. I would love that guys. Thank you so much for having me and for your awesome vibe. Appreciate it so much. Awesome. Well, thank you for everyone that was listening to today's episode and don't forget to make today badass. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That Badass Podcast. If you could do us a huge favor and head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review, we would be so grateful because you have no idea how much that helps us grow our podcast. Yeah, and as an incentive and a little bonus, we're going to be doing a monthly giveaway and it's going to be kind of a mix of everything that we have to offer. So one month it could be Royally Fit Online, joining our community. It could be from the Badass Boutique or maybe even just some like free recipes and like a coaching call or something with us. We will figure it out month by month as we go. So yeah, please go over iTunes, podcast app, leave us a five-star review. And once again, thank you so much for listening. Spare Room Studios.